We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still in his feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. Wow. What a weekend for LA sports teams. Not so good for the Dodgers. Pretty good for the Rams. Mike, how you doing? Hey, man. Uh... Looking forward to getting after it, talking about some Ram football, past and present. Uh, but, man, everything's going well, man. How about you? Living the dream. We're into October. I love it. Two weeks away from heading out there myself to see the Rams play the Titans. I'm pretty, pretty stoked. Tommy's hosting me out there. I'm going to catch my first Kings game. I'm stoked, man. I'm, I'm excited. Let's go. Excited. Before we get into it. Want to let you know that TickPick should be your first choice to buy a football team because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Rams Talk Radio Podcast and the Blue Wire Network, which we're proudly a part of. Okay, so Mike, Rams win 38-11 to in New York. It was ugly early, a little ugly late, got some injuries in there as well. How are you looking at this? How are you looking at this game? How are you digesting this Rams victory? Well, you know, I think uh, you hit it on the head as you were heading out that 
last week that you would like to see a more of a collective, somewhat blowout, if you will, but just kind of handling your business and not making it so, you know, nail biting. So in that sense, once they got it going, uh, scored a ton of points in that second quarter and just kind of got out in front and just somewhat coasted from there. But on one hand, that was expected. You know, we we thought, you know, having to travel back east, you know, the Giants just always seemed to come up with a good game, especially last year. They came out here and, and you know, did their thing and then, uh, you know, kept the game close, all that good stuff. So <clears throat> it was a good win overall. Uh, but it just seems like one of the things we both, I think, are concerned about the beginning of the year is, you know, the depth in the injury bug. So seeing a couple signings off the practice squad uh, yesterday or today, I believe, um, just kind of goes to, you know, what this team looks like is going to have to battle. But overall, man, it was a good win. Well, I mean, the practice squad, you had two key injuries. Johnny Munt tears his ACL. Yeah, not my favorite. Uh, you, you all know I'm familiar with ACLs. Definitely not my favorite. And then Jake Funk, backup running back, tore his hamstring. Both are out for the year. And yet, seeing what's happening in Cleveland, for example, seeing what's happening in Seattle, a couple other places, I count the Rams' fortune right now. I mean, we lost Cam Akers to start the year. That's a, That was a pretty big blow. And there are some concerns, especially when we get into depth issues at the running back position. But when I'm looking at Cleveland, a Cleveland team that, at least on paper, with all the talent there, is, is they're, they're loaded. They are loaded. But even loaded teams can't survive injuries to your key guys. And you have Baker Mayfield with a torn labrum. I mean, <laughs> you can't beat that. You lost. They lost Odell Beckham in their game. They lost. Um, who else? They, they lost. Um, Landry already as well. Both the running backs are apparently out for Thursday by the looks of it. They're in trouble, and they were a team that many believed, including me, I thought were solid contenders for a Super Bowl. They're just too hurt right now. And they're going to be a team, and the Rams could be in the same same situation. If what happens with the Rams, if they lose Michelle or Daryl Henderson for any length of time at this point, they're so thin at running back right now, Mike, that that's where you're looking. You they're a little bit thinner now at tight end. You're, you're there are certain spots you gotta be concerned with, with injuries coming up, popping up here and there. And I count the Rams pretty fortunate at this point in the season. They've already adjusted to K Makers. You really miss him, but overall, I gotta be happy that they got off New York with pretty well. I mean, no stars got hurt, put it that way. Your 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 cornerstone guys are healthy. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And so I think that, uh, again, you you hit on some major points when you look at injuries throughout the league. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson against us in the Thursday night game, you know, had surgery and some pins. But it's interesting. They said he had 75 percent already to, you know, being able to bend his hands, fingers or whatever. And kind of showed him working out, but I still think he's supposed to be out another, you know, four to six weeks, but you know, who knows? But yes, the injury bug is the factor that no team on any level can really discount or count out uh, when it comes to overall play, when it comes to overall consistency 
and things like that. I think that's probably what's helping uh, a team like the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, <clears throat> I guess one advantage now seems that, you know, they've had some young players, but got some seasoned veterans in there that are doing a good job to to help out the young bucks. But again, Kyler Murphy's not a young buck anymore at this point in time. So, uh, but yeah, overall, man, just, uh, just plugging along, you know, we're five and one, two, two, two more games away from the break. You know, obviously we got the, the grudge match or whatever you want to call it coming up here with Detroit, which uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching this one. I think we all are. And I think, I, I think that Detroit's going to come in. I, Actually, you know what? I'm going to lie to you. I have no idea how Detroit's going to come in this game. We got to ask their guys because they got destroyed at home by Cincinnati. Jared Goff looked, well, kind of like Jared Goff did in, during his downtimes in L.A. this last weekend. He just, his own coach called him out. Dan Campbell from the Lions called him out, straight called him out, saying he's got two, two weeks in a row. I mean, geez, what yeah. on earth? What what happens next? You know, so you know, I I we're gonna we're gonna I hate to do this, but we're gonna come back to Stafford and Goff this week, and the main reason is the Rams are five and one, the Lions are a big offer right now, and you couldn't see a bigger separation in the franchises except for the the ties that bind the front office guys, the guys who you trade over there on the field though. In the record box, they're completely different. We're going to see Stafford and Goff complaints, you know, complaints, comparisons all week. And at this point, I don't think there's any comparison. The Rams, well, the Rams, they made the right call. And this is how I want to tell you this. The, the, the Lions have been in several close games this year. If Matt Stafford is our quarterback, Mike, in your opinion, are the Lions winless? No, probably not. But again, that is what you gave up all the picks for. That is why you went and got what is considered one of the better seasoned veterans. Uh, opposite of what we're seeing now with golf, you can take a guy that superior skills and it can make it look like a team at least is average. You take a guy now with not as many skills when your coach is calling you out. And that's kind of one of the tricks when you have a former guy who's actually played the game and he keeps using terminology like, hey, man, this guy needs to step it up. He got to step it up. You know, he can't be back there holding the ball, taking sacks. You know, Dan Campbell, for uh, lack of a better term, he's a defensive guy. So that being the case, and we can we kind of know a little bit about Goff's demeanor. He's just kind of, you know. Hey, it's it's not that big a deal, you know, and even some of his comments saying, well, you got to look at the individual interceptions individually. Okay, yeah, Jared, we know that, you know, but he's coming up with these philosophical reasons why, you know, a ball gets turned over and all that good stuff as opposed to, yeah, man, I'm going to come out here and do something different. But when you have your head coach saying out loud, yeah, well, maybe we just got to scale the playbook back. Again, that goes to show there's something in there that whether he can't go through the reads or, you know, he's maybe he's too intelligent, he's overanalyzing things. I don't know, but whatever it is, 
it's making him play real pedestrian and now it's showing even greater than ever before. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I can imagine Matthew Stafford's going to keep things close to the chest and just, you know, give all the right answers. I have to believe him along with his lovely family are going, thank goodness we got out of Detroit. You know, and it's tough because the Detroit franchise has been strong for a long time. And, you know, when Norman and I went up there a couple of years ago for the Rams Lions game, those people were kind to us. The stadium was wonderful. They had great customer service there. It was just a really nice place to, to watch a game. Those fans are deserve better than that. They deserve better than what they're getting. And it, it's, it's hard to see a franchise sort of. We went through. We we saw it. I mean, we saw pre McVeigh. We know exactly what that is. But on the same token, I mean, they chose to take that trade. They're going to make something of it. I'm looking at Jared Goff right now, and I see a guy who is not evolving at all. Look at Dan Campbell's comments. It's basically the same complaints that we all had, and that was. You need to step up. And when I hear a coach say step up, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking preparation. Are you really prepared for who you're going to play? The Bengals came in there. Who's coaching the Bengals? Who's coaching the Bengals? Right. Zach Taylor, right. who was right. who's quarterback coach. Right. You don't think he doesn't know Goff? He knew exactly how to attack Goff. And right. they attacked Goff. Did, did Goff come in prepared? And so uh, when I look at, the contrast entering this game between these two quarterbacks, it couldn't be greater because we know Stafford's coming in every game now prepared. Every game. Does he make mistakes? Yes. We've seen. He's not been perfect. Heck, his, that, that entire Rams offense first quarter and defense for that matter first quarter blah, in New York. By the way, you called that run right, by the way. We'll get to that in a second. But Stafford adjusts. He's been adjusting. He reads defenses. He makes the play. He makes the occasional mistake. I don't think anybody on earth expects their quarterback to be perfect. You just expect him to strive for perfection. And I'm not, that's actually where I'm going, Mike. I don't know that Jared Goff strives for perfection. I don't think so. He has, we've talked about it. And it's why we were so, it was so hard to give up on him, was because. The guy has every physical tool in the book when it comes to being a passer. You want to make well, a throw? You me, give him time to throw, he's got it. Right. And, you know, one of the things, you know, football is a physical game. And, you know, when you're playing that quarterback position, uh, again, I think of some of the, the fortune quarterbacks I was able to play with, Dan Moreno, and play against Joe and – uh, Boomer Esiason and Jim Kelly and and Bobby Bear and, and, you know, all these kind of guys, Phil Sims. I mean, these guys were scrapping. You know, these guys came on the field with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And the idea that you're not going to beat me, I'm going to beat you one way or the other. I will find a way. You know, Jim Kelly, he would roll out and throw the ball with his left hand. He would fake you in the air and, you know act like he's going out of bound and, you know, do what he needed to do to get a first down. But the thing is that you find in common with all those kind of great quarterbacks, you see it in Tom Brady, the ability to get your team to follow you. That's what I see is missing with Jared Goff, even when he was here. 
And again, you know, I don't want to get in people's pocketbooks, but sometimes I don't know how he came up, if it was privilege, middle privilege, high privilege. I don't know. But some guys who never really had to struggle for stuff in life, they just kind of go, hey, man, it's not that big a deal. However, at the NFL level, you have guys trying to capitalize or cash in on incentives and bonuses. And, you know, everyone wants to at least say, man, we made the playoffs, you know, even if we go out in the first round. But you hate to go into a season or a game from week to week with the idea that, man, our quarterback is going to kill us if we don't score on defense or special teams. We're losing. And that's what it seems like Dan Campbell keeps hinting at when you say a guy has to step up. He needs to put the team on his shoulder or a little bit on his shoulders. So to your point, something is awry that he gives that just nonchalant kind of response, which, you know, for guys that are trying to win and, and you know, do something positive that just eats away at you. And if you can't lead your team, well, they're going to just be like, man, get somebody else in here. So it'll be interesting. There have been some talks about him getting benched and different things like that. So I would imagine it's going to be a very short lease. Well, I don't know that. I mean, it's not like he has, you know, a high quality backup behind him out there. Uh, so they may well you saw cam newton cam newton took the jab and he's like man i'm ready to go yeah he took the jab will they go get him i mean well, the I team know, that's rebuilding I mean, do you want i mean essentially if you're the lions is it more conducive for you to go one in 16 two and 15 this year and get those high draft picks or do you want a cam, cam newton will win you some games won't win you many, but he'll win you some games. So maybe they're better off well, this way. Well, the thing is, look at it. You hit it, uh, you said it just a while back, in that Detroit deserves something better. You know, all the times I played in that dome, you know, people come out, you know, outside of, you know, there's no more real, you know, Motor City, if you will. And they still have the Pistons, but... You know, what else do you really have in Detroit? It's about to start getting a little bit chilly. You're going to see snow on the road. So what do you have, a dome and a game to go, hey, man, let's just go to the game. So that being the case, Cam Newton, again, I'm not saying they're going to do anything, but he's going to at least bring a little bit of excitement to even if it's for three or four or five games. Man, let's go see what this guy can do. And if they could put more people in the seats, again, the NFL and teams are about making money. So if it's about making money, and I don't know all the ins and out of a golf structured contract, but uh, if they make a move to bring a Cam Newton, that just kind of signals, yeah, they're going to move on. And I so I think they have an out. Go ahead. I think they have you an do? out, uh, not this year, but next year with golf. So they got to suck it up for two years, basically. Yeah, but you you know, you can't go on with again a team. I'm not even going to say fans at this point, but if you can't go on the field with your team wanting to win or believing they can at least win, then it doesn't matter what the scheme is, it doesn't matter anything. You know, guys are just kind of going to go out there and go through the motions. Well, a head coach or any coaches, they don't want to just go out and 
go through the motions with all the time that's put in and sacrifice and that type of thing. They at least want to go out there, whether you feel like you're less than less talented uh, than the other team. You also want to just go out there and hope that you can get to score close. I mean, you look at the our game against the Giants. I mean, it's three nothing after the first quarter. Giants are up, you know, and then finally Rams get it going in the second quarter. But when it's three nothing, you're like, man, okay, we can keep it close. We can keep it close. We can win at the end with a field goal or or something crazy happens. Uh, but once they roll those twenty eight points up, then it just kind of, you know, that takes away from the psyche. So. Again, you can't go into games week in and week out with no hope. And that's what they're doing there now, pretty much. That's what I would say. They're they're pretty much, that's where they're going. No hope. And they're going to go to L.A. The Rams going home, playing playing their former quarterback. And I only wonder about this, Mike, and... I wonder if – no, I can't say it. I can't say it. I'll say it. This is what I'll say. Go. I'll say it. You will see within the first couple series how they come after him. That's going to tell you how they felt about him. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be rough. I'm expecting That's the Rams to go out there hard after him. If they're talking crazy and, you know, Aaron Donald is slamming him on the ground and, you know, they're going to be like, yeah, man, this is what you did to us. So now we get to give it to you. <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't you think they'll do that. I think, I think the guys are liked him enough. He just wasn't what they needed. I think they'll go out there. I think they'll go out there and they'll, they'll do the best I can to hit him. They know how to, they know how to rattle him. Just like Zach Taylor for the Bengals knew how to rattle him. That's why I'll point that out. They knew how to get to him. Well, you got to figure, man. All these things go back to psyche. Now, Jalen Ramsey, the time when we went down to camp, man, he was just kind of owning that guy in practice. So you're going to have him out there. Obviously, he already knows what golf can do. He's seen it in action for all them years. Mm -hmm. I mean, not golf, but Aaron Donald. So my thing is, psyche-wise, he's already going to be thinking, man, I cannot slip up because Jalen knows, you know, the kind of ins and outs. He knows my, you know, idiosyncrasies and all those things. So it's going to be interesting. I think it'll be, you know, a fun game. But I just feel like you're going to see the telltale signs probably in the first couple series about somewhat how they felt about the guy overall. Because, again, when you're getting to the playoffs and you can point to a guy literally like losing games for you. Yeah. You could be the coolest dude, but it's kind of like, yeah, man, but if we would have, so it'll be interesting. So I, I I'm going to, you know, back it down a little. And I'm going to go with you, but I, I just feel that you'll see, uh, how guys respond when they get a pick or a sack, kind of what they felt about him, really. I mean, I think in the end, there are too many things that are not going for the Lions right now. 
I kind of see it as, as a mirror game as the Giants game was. The Rams go to New York. New York's hurt, and they got injuries left and right. I don't know why the Giants started Daniel Jones, honestly. Why would you do that with all your weapons out? He's coming off concussion. Keep the guy out an extra week. Protect your quarterback. Why would you do that? But I digress. A team with injuries, team with issues, and the Rams, a little sluggish at first. Okay, a lot sluggish at first. And eventually pulled it out. I kind of feel like that's how it's going to be with Detroit. They're going to be flying back home, getting settled there. All the hubbub around Jared Goff coming back to L.A. It'll be, you know, interesting first quarter. I don't expect a whole lot out of the Lions, honestly. I just don't know that coming off two row games in a row, a couple big injuries this week, I'm expecting the Rams to kind of just slowly get into gear and then just wipe, wipe the floor of them. It's, I think it'll be a blowout. It should be a blowout right now. The talent gap is big there. But the Lions have played some teams tough. They played some good teams tough, by the way. I just don't see they have the Rams. They know Jared Goff too well. Jared Goff knows them, but they know Jared Goff. And the Rams will be able to switch up just enough to get to him. So I, I just don't see this as a, as a good, a good homecoming for Jared. Not at all. Yeah, I, I, you know, it'll be interesting, you know, because again, when you're getting booed at your own stadium, you know, are they going to boo him here? Are they going to give him a gentleman's clap like, hey, Jared, hey, you know, we appreciated your time here. You know, I don't know. Uh, But I just think that all those things play into the psyche. One of the things we kind of found out once he got to Detroit, is how he felt about what the coaches felt about him. But now you have his head coach calling this guy out two weeks in a row, and good, we don't know what goes on in the meetings, but Dan Campbell doesn't seem like a guy who's going to bite his tongue or going to be one of those, hey, you know, negotiators that you might find at the SWAT team. He he seemed like a guy. He's just gonna tell you what it is, and you either gonna like it or not. Because again, he's been there. He's he's played at a pretty high level, from my understanding. But those are the things that they say they hired him for. They like parts of his personality, and for some guys, it just goes in a different direction. And again. He somewhat inherited this quarterback. It's not someone he sat down with his offensive staff and go, hey, but with the trade and all those things, you know, they somewhat had to take him. And, you know, I think they got all these picks that they're going to be looking at down the road. But just hearing him talk, he doesn't like losing. He don't care. You know, man, maybe we go one in 15, but come on, man, let's go out here and compete. Where again, as you said, they played in some some close games, but you know, if the quarterback plays a little bit better, they may have a lot better record at this point. I mean, I, that's where I would look. The, the Lions have not played horrible this year. They haven't. I mean, that was the first real, real, real bad game they had, and they've taken some good teams down the wire. They took Baltimore to the wire for crying out loud. Baltimore needed a sixty-six yard field goal to beat them for. I mean, that's insane. Okay, before we move on, folks, and actually, I have a couple more things I want to say before, before we leave that topic, but I don't want to forget now. Tick pick. 
Remember them? We've been advertising them all season, and this is why. Because with football back, entering now week seven, there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Rams tickets or any NFL tickets anywhere. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful fees and that the other, other sources bring you. You don't want these fees. They're expensive. Go into some of these games, nine, ten bucks a fee per ticket. Ten dollar fees, nine dollar fees per ticket. That's ridiculous. Okay. So, what guarantees it for them? Well, based on charging period. Don't believe it? If you can find better seats for the same, same better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you a hundred and ten percent off. The difference in the purchase price. Hey, Jared Goff's coming home this weekend at SoFi. If you want to go see him come back in and probably get Hulk smashed, Tick Pick has you covered. Go check him out. Visit TickPick.com forward slash RTR to save that $10 to your first order for all Rams or NFL tickets. Here's another word for our sponsors. All right, so here's what I want to say with golf. And I want to make this point pretty clear. When it comes to this game, the Rams are chasing the Cardinals. And the last time the Rams were home, the Cardinals, I don't mean they beat them. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Rams got beat. They need this win. They got to keep winning. As long as the Cardinals are unbeaten, Mike, the Rams got to keep winning. They want that division title. They have, they're on the soft part of their schedule. There is a significant talent, talent advantage pretty much everywhere in the field. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the best way for the Lions to win is what we know they haven't done yet. They really have not been able to run the ball well. They have not been able to put up enough points, and they're not really they're not really great at a whole lot. Teams have been able to to basically keep the ball out of the offense's hands, which will keep them close for a while. And in the Cardinals' case, will beat you. the The plan to beat the Rams is pretty obvious, and and some teams have been more successful at it than others. I don't see the Lions have the tools to do it, especially not a guy like Goff. Goff has to get the ball out quickly. They got to do a lot of the dink and dunk, shorty, shorty stuff. 
and they got to be able to stop the rush. So I'm going to point that out. I don't see Goff being able to do that right now, not be with that team around him. But another thing, too, just to kind of flip it around, you mentioned Dan Campbell. And, you know, Sean McVay mentioned this in his press conference yesterday, how he had some regrets. Again, he mentioned it about how he handled McVay, especially with the trade coming. And, you know, for years, McVay would not call out Goff. He didn't do it, Mike. He didn't do it at all, actually. Not until he got frustrated enough in his last season there to finally say a few things here and there. That, that Northern California laid-back attitude, I went to Cal, I'm smart, and all this jazz. You know, that sometimes works against you. And sometimes you need somebody telling you, hey, you know what, you suck right now. You got to do better. You got to be parent. If you're not going to do it, you're not going to be on this team. And Dan Campbell's saying that in much fewer words to the public right now. And if he's saying that to him publicly, I have to believe he's saying it to him a lot deeper, a lot more, um, shall I say, um, a lot more bluntly even than that in private. And honestly, Goff probably needs that. He probably spent the last two or three years kind of tiptoeing the issue. Maybe having somebody in your face saying, listen, this is what I need from you. These are my expectations. Now go meet my expectations. Maybe that'll be good for him. Maybe. Or maybe maybe I'm talking out of my rear. Mike, what do you think? No, you're right. And uh, I, I digress a little bit. Not digress, but I clean up. Uh, Dan Campbell's actually maybe more of an offensive guy. Maybe that's why he's mm-hmm. catching heat. He was a tight end. Uh, while he was at Texas A&M, but you got to figure a guy who went to Texas A&M, grew up in Glen Rose, Texas, or played for Glen Rose, Texas High School. He has that football mentality in his blood. You know, looks like he's about a 10-year veteran as, as well, you know, and then got right into coaching. So he's not a guy who doesn't know what it takes to actually go out week in and week out and and be well and be good. He actually has been there, done that. So I think you get some advantages when you have a coach who's played the game. Now, some people say, well, the thing is, when guys are players, you know, they just can't seem to coach guys and and coach them up and develop. Well, in his mind, he's like, okay, this guy is a six, seven year veteran. Okay, these are some of the things that are basic to the game of football, especially if a guy like Jared has been playing that position all his life to your point yeah mcveigh never really did that until the end when he just couldn't take it anymore but then you could see their interaction on the sideline he didn't even want to talk to him and you know jared would just come off to the sideline and we talked about it he would just grab his hat go sit on the bench and you know that wasn't good now you see sean mcveigh running sprinting the length of the field and almost jumping in and uh, Stafford's arm and stuff, and they're high-fiving and laughing, and, you know, as soon as it's a timeout, they're always chatting it up. So you can tell that the relationship is totally different, that they both seem to appreciate the opportunity. And that's all it is in the NFL is an opportunity to go out week in and week out, hopefully put up enough wins to get into the playoffs. So for me, I'm not too worried about the whole win the division thing. You know, the Cardinals are playing at a high level right now, but there's a lot of game left, a lot of games left, a lot of season left. So 
you just got to take it week in and week out and see how it ends up at the end. But most importantly, you want to be a team that's in the playoffs, gets a shot to start that what we call a second season. And then it's, you know, win or go home. And once you get there, you pretty much know uh, if you're going to be playing next week by the score at the end of the game. Yeah, and just to just to let you know, Mike, the Dodgers did win that game tonight, six five. Let's go! <laughs> My son is hype right now. <laughs> All right, so a couple of things quickly about the game from the weekend. We we kind of skipped ahead to week seven. A couple of things from week six. I want to point out to you a couple just things to kind of highlight here. Rams are two for eleven on third down. Two for eleven for third down. Not good. I think that's an understatement. Not good at all. Giants 4 for 15 on third down. So the Rams defense much improved there. Again, playing a really hurt Giants offense. Rams with 365 yards total offense, but they shut down pretty much at the end of the third quarter. Like They had one more drive in the fourth. They scored. That was pretty much it. And they were pretty much inept in the first quarter. So they did a lot of damage in the second and third quarter yardage-wise. The so the numbers are a little deceptive there. They probably, had they not been blowing out the Giants, the numbers would have been a bit different. They had seven penalties in this game. They have been the least penalized in the league the last two weeks, so they've really been been getting hit hard in the penalties area. Uh, two interceptions thrown, one from Wolford, one from Stafford. Daniel Jones threw three himself. Also, Rams got a fumble recovery as well. So four turnovers in this game. There was a point in this game the Giants had a nice handle on time of possession, just keeping the Rams' offense off the field. Eventually, the Rams did flip it around and finish with 32 minutes time of possession. But you're talking about a first quarter that looked eerily familiar to the last few weeks where teams were able to dink and dunk on the Rams and really keep the offense off the field. In this case, uh, they overcame with some turnovers in the second quarter and took control from there. Defensively, nice day again, four turnovers, sacked. Was it four sacks they got him? Yeah, four sacks on Daniel Jones against the offensive lines hurting. Gave up two of their own. Overall, overall, when you when you got this game in, Mike, what did you take from it in terms of of strengths, weaknesses, improvements in certain areas, things to worry about? What did you get from it? Well, you know, the thing is, one, you don't want to be a team that starts having this reputation for slow starts. Uh it's kind of seeming a little bit like, you know, we're having this slow start, got to get going type of thing. So going back to New York, maybe it had something to do with, you know, I don't know, jet lag and just getting out there or maybe take the team a little bit lightly originally and then you start playing. Uh, obviously, you know, you want to continue to see consistency in, you know, time of possession. Time of possession is a great a barometer of who's controlling the ball, who's usually controlling line of scrimmage. But ultimately, you want to be able to put up points. So for me, the Rams put up points uh, to the degree that it somewhat uh, discouraged the other team. Again, these guys are professionals. Now, did they go crying with their thumbs in their mouth? No. But once you start losing, they're one in five now, and you Look out there. They have the same mentality that any team has when you, again, you don't have certain confidences across the board. 
And to your point, you know, Daniel Jones, I don't know why these teams just go, okay, he can come back. Okay, he can come back, but should he come back should be the question. So that was maybe to our, I mean, maybe Daniel Jones, a little groggy out there, you know, it showed in the interceptions uh, that he threw. And so uh, getting back on the Rams, you just want to continue to see overall improvement. But again, we've had, you know, these injuries just kind of creeping up and secondary. And so, you know, these young guys are going to have to step up and it's going to take, again, a collective effort, offense and defense, uh, well, special teams to kind of help the defense uh, where they're just not out there forever. Then they got to get better overall because right now the NFC is, is serious business. Your top five teams right now, the Cardinals at 6-0, the Bucks at 5-1, Cowboys 5-1, Packers 5-1, and, and then come the Rams in the playoff order right now. That's, you're the fifth seed. You're going to be going into what? You'll be playing the Packers right now in Green Bay for your, for your opening game in the playoffs if the playoffs were to start today. 11 games left. That's, that's a lot of what-ifs. I get it. But my point is just that the AFC, fine, good teams there. The NFC right now has a lot of top-heavy talent. Teams are playing really well. And I just don't expect that to change much over the course of the rest of the year. The, the, the NFC North is pretty weak overall. The, the Cowboys, uh, they have a lock on the NFC East. They're going to stack some, some games up there. The Bucks have things a little bit tougher in the South. So it's not going to be as much a given for them, but they're still heads above, heads above everybody else. Then you have the NFC West, which is basically a big death match. So the Rams have things stacked against them pretty well. And, oh, they they have, you know, still to play that team from Baltimore yet. We are forgetting that. They got Baltimore coming in for them. They still have the Titans, which I'll be at for that one. There are some tough games ahead for the Rams, and they got to get better. They have to get better, especially when you got some bruising teams come in. Teams like the Titans, who can ram the ball down your throat and play a dink and dunk game on you all the time. You don't want to keep playing teams like that. You don't want to give them opportunities, and you want your offense on the field. So the Rams have to get better. Or that 5-1 record doesn't translate to a division championship or a high playoff seed later. I think, if anything, the Rams want to avoid a road playoff game to start the playoffs. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, But... You know, when you're naming off those teams and I look at them, you know, when you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers saying, I still own you, Chicago. I always will own you. I mean, that's a guy who doesn't really want to be there, but he's dialing it up. I mean, they're, again, five and one. So when I look at not just the standing or the scores, I'm looking at how teams are actually playing. So to your point, these other teams are playing at a high level. They're not just squeaking out games, you know, last minute field goals and things like that. They're playing at a pretty high level. So that's where you want to just keep chugging along. And again, you just want to keep putting games like this is a game you can't go out there and mess around and then get beat by Detroit. You know, first of all, that would be whack. Second of all, yeah, you don't have time to be playing around with this team. You know, bury them early. And make them quit. And so, 
that's when you start seeing the Gatorade uh, tub start getting turned over and helmets flying and, and benches getting kicked over because like, man, here we go again. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting to just kind of be in this position, you know, at five and one. I think we're at the record that you have predicted it's at this time. I have predicted more of like four and two at this point in time. So, man, it seems like uh, you're right on schedule, D.C. Seems like it. We'd like to stay that way. We would love to stay that way. But, I mean, I think those little things that will hurt them. And that's really my concern. It's never about hammering the team. I think this team has potential to be the best the NFC, go Super Bowl, maybe even win it. Uh, they, but, you know, death is going to be a concern. Being able to shut down these good offenses. I think right now, getting the Giants and the Lions right now, that's great timing for them because they can fix some of these issues without having to worry about, you know, elite offenses wearing them down. So, you know, perfect timing. And if they can fix those things, we're looking at a very, very good team with an offense that can do whatever it wants most of the time. So I'm not hammering them by expressing those concerns. I just want to see them fix them. That's all. Just fix them. This is not the end of the world. If we, if we were thinking this is the end of the world, it might be like 2016 here, but it's not. This is 2021. The team is going to have their fifth straight winning season. All right, 2020, Yeah, this will be their fifth straight winning season. I'm, I'm no doubt in that, barring, bar, barring things falling apart. So, I mean, these are good things about the franchise. Just fix the little things that can get you far enough and win a Super Bowl. That's what, that's what you went and got Stafford for, right, Mike? That's, that's, you went all in. You've, you've traded away draft pick after draft pick to get yourself a Super Bowl, to get the right guys, and you get Jalen Ramsey. You went and got... Aaron Dahl, long-term. You picked up William Floyd, um, Leonard Floyd. You went and picked up all these guys. You convinced, yeah, I'm not sure how much you convinced, but Whitmore's back. Whitmore's back for another year. Guy's almost 40 years old. You went and got Stafford. Your dead cap money's against the wall. If you got all these things that you put all in for to win a Super Bowl, then you want to see that go because sooner or later, you're going to pay for this. One way or the other, you will take your medicine. We've seen them take some recently, but in in the short term, this is their window. Go get that Super Bowl. Fix the problems. No, I mean you're 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 right on it. I mean, when you talk about okay, you got Detroit, and again, you never want to look ahead, but that should be a win. Then you follow up with the Texans. Texans right now are in disarray. So Again, that should be another win. But now you got a Titans team who you know are going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that's been a little bit of Achilles' heel is, you know, tackling in the secondary. So you you coming down the gauntlet there, that's going to be a tough game. You follow that up with your nemesis. Well, my nemesis, maybe San Francisco 49ers, you know. They're a little banged up here and there, I think. But, again, you know how that game always ends up. Crazy. And then you follow that game with the pack. And, again, Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, man, let me show everybody. Everybody's thinking Tom Brady. This dude is competitive. Oh, they just mm-hmm. t- hyping up Tom Brady. Man, stop. I'm the best dude because I don't even have those type of weapons that I just 
go after it. You know, then you follow that with the Jaguars again, another team a little bit disarray, and you come right back with the Cardinals and then the Seahawks again. So when you talk about from here on out, you got real games down the stretch after these next two. You know, so these are two you can't mess around. You got to win these two, be seven and one at the break. And then you got to go down the stretch and, you know, go five and two. You know, hopefully six and one, six and I'm counting wrong. 17 games now, Mike, 17 games. Oh, yeah. So you got an extra one in there. But you you have to, again, you can't slip up on these teams that you're supposed to beat Mm -hmm. and go do it. And then hopefully, you know, guys can kind of keep getting uh, healed up, the ones that are out. But, you know, uh, it's the step-up league. So the Young Bucks, they have to step up. But, yeah, you don't want to go out here you know, slipping up on these two games and then you go play a Tennessee team who you know they're going to run the ball again. And it could be a whole different uh, ball game because time of possession. And again, when you got to keep making tackles on a big back, you know, are you wearing him down or is he wearing you down? So uh, you just have a lot of things that start coming into play. Uh, But again, this is what the fun thing about the NFL and about these little, these times we can get together and talk about it because you have all these scenarios and what ifs that could happen and it's just kind of neat to talk about certain things and when they turn out in your favor you go yeah man i told you come get some lottery numbers from me and i'll help you win it Mm -hmm. all right folks that's all we got today it's all we got so Follow us on Twitter at TalkRez. Follow me on Twitter at DCPaul. Follow Mike on Twitter at 1Do23. We'll be back. We have some Lions guests coming on this week to give us some info on what's going on in Detroit. Um, spoiler alert, it's bad. In the meantime, we'll see you later. Make sure you catch us on anywhere, pop, anywhere podcasts are found. Take it easy. We're out of here. Wow. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.